0: Asalaamu This is Sabria Mills, the host of the Dope Muslim Woman Podcast. Thank you so much for joining in for this amazing episode that we have here for you today with probably one of the dopest women to me on the line, and I'm going to introduce her in a second. Um, the title of this is The Story Behind the Black Iftar Movement, so we probably know who our guest is here. Uh, but let me in- introduce you to her first. Um, you know, I, listen, I'm not going to get into all the highlights that she's done because she's done so much. Uh, Masha Allah. I'm just going to speak to the fact that when I personally met this sister, like it was almost like a heart to heart moment, a soul to soul moment. It was almost like we knew each other our whole lives. And that's what it's like when you meet very real, genuine people. So first and foremost, Um, this sister is very near and dear to me. I mean, we, we far apart, we live far apart. We don't always stay connected, but that's my soul sister. I don't care what I say. Um, she, mashallah, is definitely um, one of, I think she's one of the founders of the Black Iftar movement. Um, and that kind of started or sprouted out of Chicago. And I know she's going to give more context to the conversation and it kind of spread nationwide. Of course, there's a little bit of like, you know, I guess you could say controversy behind it, but then there's also just so much light and love and positivity. So I can't wait to delve into this conversation. Samira Abdurrahman, welcome to the Hi. show. As saw girl.
1: Walaikum <laughs> Salaam. So hey, girlfriend. Yeah. Thank you for that because, like, yeah, it was that for me, too. It was that for me, too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure within, like, an hour I was already, like, hugging you and, like, <laughs> right. all, all on you. And then we just also kind of, like, there were other similarities that kind of came up in conversation mm-hmm. when we were talking about our families and, like, yeah. and then people yeah. knew, like, you named certain people that I was like, oh, oh, that's who you know. Okay, bet. Yeah. yeah. You family yeah. girl. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely connected, girl. Mashallah. <laughs> I'm just going to say this. You know, people that know you, like your rep, your rep. you know what I'm saying? Like your reputation is mashallah, like impeccable. Yeah. People speak very highly. Alhamdulillah. People speak very highly of you um, amongst like Black women. That's big. Because, you know, Black women will keep it real. So, you know, when Black women are like, no, Samira, that's a real one. You know that. <laughs> yeah, I
1: and mean, that's the only thing that matters. Because it's also like, yeah. I don't need certain people to validate me. You know what I mean? Definitely, certain times like I don't, because I know that you come with other people come with a lot of like, just stuff values that I don't align Mm -hmm. with. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't need their validation. So and and I think like I I care so much about Black Muslim women. I care so much about Black Black Muslims. So and I also know that like I mean it is what it is. If people don't have something like positive say it just is what it is you know what I'm
0: saying Mm -hmm. yeah for sure (laughs) sure. but Samira how would you introduce yourself though how would you introduce yourself it's so tough um
1: I I, I say that I'm Samira Bahman um creator of Black Iftar using the Mm -hmm. word creator though real talk feels weird you know what I'm saying I think that like you know it's commonplace in like the culture we are in now but I feel like in the last five years and maybe I'm just was naive to it before didn't catch it before. I only heard creator when it came to like Allah.
0: <laughs> mm. You
1: know what I'm saying? But then it just became no. more like common, like commonplace to be like, oh, this is a creator. We're creatives, you know, etc. Yeah. So just kind of seeing how that, and, and you know, listen, Allah is not pressed about how we
0: like. <laughs> right, 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 right. There's no comparison. Right. <laughs> no comparison. But I get what you say. I agree with you on that. We did like, it's kind of a recent coin and it is about getting comfortable with it. I, I, I definitely um, agree with that. Um, so let's just get into it, girl. First, let's just tell a little bit about, let's talk about you for a second. Um, when I met you, I was like, oh, my gosh, this girl is like, you know, mashallah, you have, we are often like, oh, my gosh, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. But mashallah, there's, there's just like a, um, there's just a presence you have. And I'm like, mashallah, this woman is just, like, has this really natural, defined beauty. Um, And I don't mean that in an even superficial way, mashallah, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, you as a Black, beautiful girl from Ethiopia, living in America. Let's talk a little bit about that, your background.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, thank you, also. <laughs> thank you. Um, okay, so I was born and raised in Texas. My family's from Ethiopia, um, and so my parents migrated to the United States um, in the late, late 80s. Um, I grew up in Texas, and... I mean, it's just, it's crazy because, like, my parents are the type of people who stuck very close to the dean. And mm-hmm. before I could understand that they were kind of anti capitalist,
0: <laughs> wow.
1: I just thought of like, it, it felt very limiting. It's like, well, how come I can't be, you know, obsessed with clothes and shoes and this and this and that? It's like, no, you need to care about Allah, you need to care about your family, and that's it. And so, um, and I didn't have full context of that as like a young person, right? And especially because like, you know, you go to school, like the things that other kids value are not necessarily, it's, it's more material things. Um, right. And then, you know, and then I grew up and I was like, oh no, they knew exactly what they were talking about. You know what I mean? And like, even to be in this time right now, this quarantine time, it's like, I promise you there was like a survival instinct that I already had that I never used, mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. felt like it was rooted in so much of what they taught me. You know what I'm saying? And even like wow. the life that we lived growing up, it was like, okay, this is, you know how to, what foods you need to cook. You know what foods last a long time. Like this is not a brand new, it didn't feel like brand new territory. Is it uncomfortable? Is it like, would I choose it? No, but it's just like, there's so much that they kind of instilled in us. Um, mm-hmm. That was like real like Islam, Islamic based and just like to, to shit, anti-capitalist, to be honest. You know what I mean? And mm. I even said- they didn't, they wanted us to do well in school, but they weren't like helicopter parents who were like, mm-hmm. tell us everything you're doing, show us every single grade. They were just like, you need to be smart.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Anti-capitalist. That's powerful. Yeah, I would definitely classify my parents the same. I have a question, though, about that. So you, I mean, the way, you, you know, you exude, mashallah, Black excellence, and mashallah, you, you are absolutely 100% Black. But, you know, there is sometimes a disconnect, it seems. And again, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. It seems from some individuals that come from africa right um, i know and i know you were born here but just some um, individuals that come from africa and african-americans or black people you know here in the states that kind of came over generations through slavery did you feel a difference growing up um between the worlds or no
1: i definitely want to validate that because it's true and I okay. say it goes both ways and i want to say that it's true and i think okay. that, like i mean like alhamdulillah we're kind of in a space now where they're just kind of like this like unfortunately we kind of just got pushed for everybody to stop stop playing games and be like listen you're black and unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately it took like all these like police killings right mm-hmm. for some people for some mm-hmm. people, not everybody but for some people right. um let me think about like for my experience um i just so i t- i've talked to you a lot about my older sister <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and I think for for me she would I just followed her footsteps and kind of like the way that she navigated multiple worlds so that's like mm-hmm. we did have like we went to the masjid which was like brown and 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 Arab and then we also like had our Ethiopian community and the Eritrean community and then mm-hmm. like um I got involved with the African-American Muslim community uh like in my teens just because I was like, some of these places not cutting it, so I need to find, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, just as much as just not doing what I need them to do, so alhamdulillah, I kind of found um, some space there that was, like, actually doing something for the community. Um, I think I... I don't know what it was. I think part of it is just, like, how you grow up and where you grow up. Like, there was Mm -hmm. no part of me that was kind of given this sense of, like, here, you get to pretend like you're not a Black person, or you get to it made no sense to me. I don't know. It just like, I couldn't assimilate if I wanted to.
0: Mm. You know what I mean? I couldn't
1: like, kind of like try to be like, oh, I'm not like those other black kids. Like it just, that didn't, that never was something I, I don't know if it's because 9 happened so early and it was just like mm-hmm. in my life or, you know, and so like, it was like, all right, you're Muslim. What's up? What identities are you going to try to shed? And it was like, so I think it kind of happened in like such formative years that, I don't know. I think that has something to do with it. And I also don't think my parents were ever just like, I didn't feel like they were anti-black. I didn't feel like they were like, don't be like these people. Don't be like that. I think they just like, they were "Like, listen, just can you read and be smart, please? This um, all Perfect. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For but, sure.
1: But I do uh-huh. know that there is that tension that exists. I'm not going to pretend that that mm-hmm. doesn't exist. Um, right. It just wasn't necessarily mine.
0: Nice, nice. I appreciate you shedding some light on that. Um, So let's get into it, girl. Let's talk about um, this concept of the black iftar. Ooh. So you <laughs> know, I know we talked about it a lot. Like when I googled, it's funny because you know sometimes I try to see what's out there on people I have on, even though I know you. We talked about this a lot, but it's like it was so many articles on you, girl. Like <laughs> I was like, oh my god, like. <laughs> Like, crazy. So I know you've said this so many times, but I do um, want to understand the concept of, like, how did it come about? It spread like fire. Like, what was the thinking behind it?
1: Yeah. Um, and I want to say that, like, yeah, there are articles written, but it's, like, I feel like only Black Muslims are getting the story right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think everybody else is, like, trying to play a certain angle. And I okay. when I've talked to certain in certain interviews, people try to get me to play the Islamic phobic angle, which is just like, no, yeah, <laughs> sorry, yeah. that's not what I'm on. I love my religion a lot. I think it's smart. <laughs> it's very right, smart. Right, I right. religion. Um, and, and it's so funny because then like they won't post those interviews. But I think in general, I feel like only Black Muslims get the story right. But, okay, no, and we can talk about this later. <laughs> also, black Muslims are, can we are upset about it. Um, okay, I'm t- this is the story and I'm sticking to it because it's the truth. I started it for me and my friends, me and my friends, just me and my friends in Chicago. My experience when I was living in Chicago, I knew all these different like black Muslim geniuses from so many different types of like sex and background and like like um, professional levels and just like, just, just they did, did such a variety of life, you know what I mean? And life experiences and they didn't necessarily know each other. And I was like, because of our different like divides and Chicago is a place that's hyper segregated. And so, um, and that's like a sociological like definition that they came up mm-hmm. with for that city because of how like every ethnic group really does kind of make their own community. And uh, that's changing because of gentrification. But um, so it's like, you know, the Ethiopians would go here. The Nigerians would go here. The African-Americans would go here. The, you know, just all these. And, and then like within that, it's like all these different African-American predominant masjids that have different um, belief systems um and so there was kind of like that added layer and so and then there were just like other messages that were mixed but then it was like you know
0: Mm -hmm.
1: their values aren't to be in chicago i feel like to be in chicago to be like in this place where it's like you can see what's happening in the world right now and y'all are not taking such a strong enough stance you know it's like how you have black congregants what's up are you never going to talk about black lives matter are you never going to mention like different um like countries in your du'a so um so it started from just like i just want me and my, all my homies it can't be at a masjid because if i say that, that that this masjid i've tried it it's like you know when you tell your homies to come with you to a different masjid to pray or something and then like they're like yeah no i don't really rock with that masjid right
0: right <laughs> which is
1: okay you know what i'm saying it's okay because we all have our experiences and like um and that is important to me is like recognizing where people have like kind of felt pushed out by a masjid um so That was a long way of saying I wanted to host something for me and my friends in Chicago to bring all these different people together that I had, like, really good relationships with or experiences with. Put them all in a room. We have a star or whatever. Then I put it on the Internet. I put it on the Internet because I was like, oh, just in case people, like, who don't know me but, like, would want to come. You know, kind of this open invitation. Um, And then I also kind of included the invite for people who, like, I have so many black friends who support me during Ramadan you know what I mean who who aren't Muslim who just like they just know what time it is you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah
0: they yeah. just know
1: like all right I'm not hitting up Samira to go out I'm gonna see if she's tired today I'm gonna see if she's doing okay um I'm gonna wait until Eve to see if she's trying to kick it again you know what I mean mm-hmm, like, I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I have friends who like fast with me like it's dope so it's like I also wanted to kind of for them to also feel comfortable in a space too. Cause I think you kinda you ask them to go to a masjid that's pushing it. You know what I mean? That's right. a lot of a person. Um, but if you ask them to kind of come to this third space of like, oh, it's just chill, it's just gonna be some cool people, we're just gonna eat iftar together and keep it moving. Um, yeah. So that's I do want to recognize that because I think those people are who kind of assist us on our spiritual path are, are also important.
0: Um Okay. Did you call it though the black maybe you're gonna get to that, but when you started it, you called it black iftar when you put it online? Yeah. Okay, okay. And I made the website. And
1: again, and the website I made again for like people who don't know me, but just wanted a little more context about like what it was what I was trying to do. Uh, and then the internet had its way with it. So this is 28 <laughs> <laughs> And it's just so funny because I remember going onto Twitter the next day and I saw one of my friends tweeting about like race or whatever. And I was like, Oh, I wonder what's got her so upset. <laughs> I'm like, why is she tweeting? About, I mean, she's so passionate, you know, whatever, but like, why is she tweeting about this so early? Right. No, no, no.
0: It was you, boo.
1: <laughs> Man. And it's just like I had no con I did not consider that people were gonna take be so offended or put more to it or, or try to pretend that racism didn't exist, the anti blackness didn't exist in the Muslim community. Um, or try to call it divisive whenever they, I'm, I'm like 99.9% sure are also participating in cultural specific guitars. So, right. yeah. Um, so along with kind of that like strong response, I also got a lot of a positive strong response in that, that same year, um, Nia, who is in LA and BB, who is in Houston and Layla, who's in DMV all hit me up as soon as they saw and was like, yo, I want to do this. I want to do this in my city. Um and I'm like, cool. So I wrote out some guidelines and principles. I'm just like, here, I need to make sure that like every if there are, these are kind of what what's important to kind of um maintain. And and within like a couple of weeks they put it together, which is a lot. Um, the Ramadan time is yeah. it's already a struggle. But so to throw an event and like have people come and support like subhanallah. So yeah, and it just kind of kept growing after that. So
0: it came gra- Yeah. Because the concept, obviously there was a need. So, but I'm assuming, okay. So let me just back it up because when you say you saw the your the friend or someone like kind of going off about it, obviously your intention was very far from being d- d- divisive. You were trying to, you saw a need and that's what you worked off of. Can I just ask though, what what was the thinking behind calling it Black Iftar? Like, Was there a real fault behind it or that was just like something that just kind of, you kind of just- kind of came to you and you just kind of ran with it, like just the the name of it?
1: Um, It was just that like when I was thinking about the iftar that I wanted to host and when I thought about like who was in my life that was making such a positive impact on my
0: life, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) it was all these black
1: Muslims that I felt safe in that I felt safe with, that I felt like I was really kind of propelling me on my journey closer to Islam and just closer to like my fullest expression of myself. It was my black Muslim friends and it was my black friends.
0: Mmm. Okay. And,
1: you know, and so yeah. it only made sense. I mean, yeah, just it was just like that was just it was just a quick thing. It was like, yeah, it's a black gift art because me and my
0: black homies. <laughs> right, 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 right. No. But like I said, obviously, obviously, because we're gonna talk a little bit like kind of how it expanded, but obviously it was a need. It's obvious. Because if it wasn't a need, it wouldn't have kind of took a life of its own, went all around the country. It wouldn't that wouldn't have happened. So it obviously was a, a need um in the community. So, um, okay, so like, all right, so you started this out, you're in Chicago, you know, other people try to gravitate to the idea. How did it get to, because like I said, I heard about it in Atlanta, I didn't know about it in Chicago. I did hear the buzz when it was going crazy, like going online, I did see some people talking and going back and forth about it, but I didn't, you know, but I heard it when it was truly like happening here in Atlanta. So can you talk about how it spread to city, to city, to city, and all the cities that it actually was hosted in last year.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, mashallah. And I just, I'm so grateful for the host because that's like, number one, anytime a host has reached out to me to say they wanted to do it, I to me, that it tells me so much about them already. It's like, they know what it takes to put an event together. They know, like, they can see the problem of like not having enough, a space for like all Black Muslims to come that's kind of not going to like shut people out because of their sect, for example, or like, mm-hmm. um, you know, and whatever to 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 be like a neutral space for Black Muslims to come and just be together for one night. So to me, like oh, yeah. so, um, last year, subhanAllah, so it was like eleven cities, and I promise you, it was just like at the beginning. So it's crazy. There was a sister. Uh, it's not crazy. It's just impressive because I, I yeah. work I work slowly, and I one thing I have seen is how Black Muslims work so hard, and I'm just like wow. I'm still on question number two. Um, <laughs> 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 there was a sister who, like, in January hit me up, Camilla in, Camilla in Cincinnati. And she was like, hey, so come. I saw a black star. I want to do this for my city. Can you help me? And I was like, what? <laughs> right, right. And I'm just like, Ramadan is not, like, until months and months and months away. So I'm like, but it was just kind of like that fire and that energy that, like, you know, even to have somebody hit me up in January talking about they want to do it for Ramadan. So Um, so kind of starting off, I knew that it would be more cities because there was already interest and people hit me up prior to, um, Mm. and Muhammad hosted the one in Atlanta. Um, and he hit me up, I think like maybe a month before. Um, I don't remember exactly, but I think most people, most people were hitting me up either a month or less before to just get this show on the
0: road. Right. Right.
1: And it was it was just kind of that. I think there was like. In Detroit, I had reached out to Malika to host it because there was some interest from another org who like wanted to do a collaboration, but they didn't end up coming through. And I, Malika still went through because she wanted to post, host one. So, um, but aside from that, everybody just reached out to me and was like, "Yo, we are trying to
0: do this. What's up?" I was like, "Okay, right. here we go. Here we go." I was talking, girl, I was having a um, podcast with somebody else, um, BB Asma mm-hmm. Watts. You know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she was saying how, you know, she was like, you know, people think, you know, me and my husband was behind, you know, the black gift She was like, but that was severe, you know, so I didn't even know that she was one of the hosts. What, right? Or yeah. when they were one of the hosts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, she's, I'm an OG, love
1: she's an OG host. She's one of the first, you know, to like, yeah, take it. I think seeing that spread also helped other people see that they could do it in their cities, too
0: you know what exactly I mean? so exactly and i shared this with you you know you know when we were talking about it but i think it's important to mention because i think you know and i want to talk a little bit more about some of the myths that people have around it but i think what i understood when i was hearing some of the chatter was that it was about like okay this is just for black people and y'all other muslims can't come right but to me it was about like actually there there was definitely other cultures ethnicities and races in the Atlanta Black Iftar and they were there celebrating black if, um, excellence mashallah and that was it. and they got it so it wasn't no question to those individuals that came but it was like it was like an affair where you could you know exude your your, your excellence as a black person feel feel just pride and, and honor in who you are with your attire, with your clothes, seeing people you never, that you haven't seen in a while, because, you know, we're all spread out and go to different messages. It was such a unifying experience. And the fact that we had it in Atlanta, you know, in Morehouse, was just so culturally significant. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about that. What are some of the myths that people have mm. about the Black Star? <laughs> so
1: th- number one is that it's divisive. No, number mm-hmm. one is that there's no need for it because yeah. anti-blackness doesn't exist. And so it, this is just extra. Mm. Which mm. I'm like, okay, all right, okay. That's just like a problem in Italian. For more, for, and I, I, that's just like my critique with just like Muslims in America in general and like what they're looking for and the type of satisfaction that they're looking for. And it, for me, it, it seems like, okay, you want like a white man to say that you are an acceptable person in the society. Right. That's what you're, you're right. aiming so hard for that, that like, you're not even recognizing truly with your own eyes, what's happening in the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. So that's probably myth number one. Myth number two is that it's divisive and no black people are allowed, which to me, I'm just like, if you think that, there's a reason you think that. Because right. it doesn't say on the website, it says the complete opposite. And, and, and in all the programming that or the messaging that I was putting out, it was like black Muslims and their friends. And to mm-hmm. that and their friends was so specific because it's like, do you have a friend? Are you <laughs> you know, are you married to somebody who's a black Muslim? I'm like, okay. So then then you, there's your category. That's where you fall. But it's like people who got it didn't need that sort of uh explanation or that cause. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, I don't know. I think that's really frustrating to me because it's like there's a reason that's your response. And that's not for me to dissect because I already have dissected. I put that all over the website, I've said it on Twitter. Um people are saying it to you. I mean, people who are engaging in the conversations are actually saying that. So it's like, there's a reason you feel like this is divisive and and that has nothing to do with me.
0: Right. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So did you find that people wanted you like, were like demanding explanations during that time? They really wanted you to like explain yourself. Was that kind of the notion that was going around? Yes.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes, and I know, like something you read whenever we met, just kind of what my attitude is like.
0: <laughs> wow. so. it is, it, yeah, right.
1: So um, I just, and I think because so, OK, the first year, I think I was doing the most trying to explain and explain and explain. And it's like mm-hmm. hopefully the information was on the website. It's a frequently asked questions. And I invite there were multiple points of like, hey, just DM me, just email me. We can talk about it. And that wasn't the approach I was getting. It was more of this like controversial. We want to like be mad approach. And I'm like, I can't help. That's not, I don't vibe with that. I'm not going to respond to that. Um, mm-hmm. And then last year, it kind of got way bigger and in kind of the conversations that was happening on the internet and it got into like Facebook. I don't even have a Facebook. So it was like, I couldn't even engage if I wanted to. I didn't want to because I think it gets detrimental to my own spiritual practice. I'm spending right. my time on the internet and it's like Ramadan, my time is valuable. Like there's stuff I need to be doing for the sake of Allah during this month. I can't keep going back and forth, repeating my same four points about how you're allowed to come. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: Mm -hmm. there you go yeah so
1: um i definitely and i people facebook was like a mess last year people were going back and forth i know there was Mm -hmm. one brother who like made a video kind of just like mad at everybody for not for making it like you know what i mean for and he was being in support of it and i was okay wow wow." i know yeah i think um a few people are like made video responses about it or in conversation i'm just like all right okay
0: cool yeah Muhammad got some heat Muhammad from here, from Atlanta. And he got some heat too. So I think, yeah, there were several organizers that, felt, you know, were questioned about it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so let's talk a little bit about when you you said initially that first myth. Let's talk a little bit about that for a second, about um, um, as Black Muslims are experienced here in this country and um, why there is a need for something like the Black Iftar. You spoke about it a little bit. But what are some of the challenges that we face, especially during, like, a month like Ramadan, navigating, you know, different communities and all of that? So what are some of the challenges that we face as Black Muslims?
1: Man. Okay, so I will talk about it. My answer might come out in kind of, like, I'm going to talk about just kind of this world we're living in and have been living in the Mm -hmm. last few years and then forever, but, like, you know, the last few years. And then just kind of more micro, like, in the masjids one-on-one. I mean, there's mm-hmm. definitely racism. And so it's for, for that, it's like um, people who are not going to assume that, you're, that you have a large knowledge of Islam, that you're capable mm-hmm. um, in your understanding of Islam, the way that you dress. The way that you dress is, a, I mean, for me personally, is a big one. And I Yeah,
0: break that down, Samir. <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it hurts so much because it's just mm-hmm. like, I knew what I was doing when I came to the masjid. I know what I'm mm-hmm. doing here. You know what I mean? And it's like, you want to critique literally what my appearance looks like. And even if somebody else is wearing this exact same situation, but they're not black or they their body isn't like mine, then, you know what I mean? You're okay with it. But when I do it, it's like, now I'm like, I'm sexualized. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm just like, bro, I'm in the masjid, You're picking a fight with the wrong person. You know what I mean? It's mm. like, what does that do? It makes the person feel less like invited to a masjid. And that sucks. It's so, so terrible when a person feels like they aren't in welcoming a masjid. Um, right. When you're seen, like, talking with, like, I think it's specifically with Black women, when you're seen talking to, like, a man. And it's just, like, again, you have no context for why I would be speaking to this man and what we're talking about. But it's, like, there's, like, kind of that immediate, like, sexualization. And because of that, like, yes. like you're haram. We're going to hell. I mm. can't have mm-hmm. you. It's, like, and it's, and those standards aren't held for everybody. You know what I mean? So. That's what I've seen in like the mixed congregations. Um mm-hmm. which yeah, it's just tough. It's tough because it's like not everybody can handle that sort of exclusion. Um mm-hmm. and and still be close to the dean. You know what I mean? Sometimes that can like really push away people from Islam and gen and totality, totality and it, that is harmful. It's so harmful. You know what I mean? And you gotta take yeah. ownership for that, like how you treated the Muslim and the masjid. Um right, I think right. class is also another way that like You know, that happens in more subconscious ways of, like, Mm -hmm. way people, like, what they're able to bring into the mushy, how they're able to donate, how they kind of, like, have, like, how they treat people who aren't as wealthy as them or whatever it may
0: be. Those are some, like, kind of the immediate thoughts that are coming to my head that I just constantly... Yeah, yeah. Oh, but you said something real... Samira, real quick, though. You said something real powerful that I didn't even really, really think about, but it's 100% true that aspect as a black woman, how we're perceived and how we are. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about even just something simple as not wearing hijab, for example, you know, some, some women choose not to, not, not to wear the veil. Right. Um, different cultures or whatever. It, it's normalized. You're still a part. You could be on masjid boards or whatever. Sometimes I feel like when black women do it, it's like, oh, they are not practicing. Yeah. Oh, they're not on, you know what I mean? That's yeah, it is really interesting, and I and I also appreciate the aspect that you said. You know, even when we're talking to a male, which happens very, you know, I've been in a lot of mosques that are you know of of, from other ethnicities and cultures, and it's just a normal practice. Nobody looks twice, Mm -hmm. nobody's looking at the sister for ill intent, but for some reason, it's like with us, it's become something sexual, something inappropriate. Oh, is she married? Nah, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just yeah, I thank you for speaking life to that yeah so thank you I appreciate that
1: because I, really it's just again that whenever that those rumors start like that can just cause so much harm to a person I'm telling you that and I've seen it happen time and time again where people are mm-hmm. pushed away from us because of like the experiences that they have and that I'm t- I, it hurts <laughs> it and then I also yeah. want to do this because it's not just about like when you're in a non black Masjid, but even within black masjids, I mean, there's a, mm-hmm. like different sects and like who believes, like whose kind of path is correct, and what the teachings that you should be learning in, and you know, the way that different congregant or people in the masjid will be like, Oh, I don't go to that masjid because this is what they did and that's wrong. Um, or I don't yeah. really like this, this is that. And it's just like, Okay, but how are we supposed to progress as a people? You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and there absolutely is value in certain like ethnic groups having meshes and being able to use languages to be able to communicate to their congregants, but it's like, okay, but we have to like, we have to be united. You know what I mean? Cause, yeah. and, and when you're going to be judgmental and also they can be a little more harmful because there is kind of closer community and closer family. It's like the one rumor spread in kind of those community, it's just, it's smaller. You know what I mean? And so it's like, everybody mm-hmm. hears it, everybody, you know, can kind of contribute to like that tax on a person. And it's like, again, another way that people get pushed out. And it's like, We're so we get so caught up in like the community part of it that it's like we not even recognizing that, like what Allah is asking of us. And it's none of this,
0: Mm -hmm. none of these games that people are playing. Right. Right. So there's a significance in that third space that you create, that you created, like having that third space. So more than just the, you know, even the concept of like, you know, uh, bringing um, black people together and just but just having that third space. Yeah. Is something that was like, okay, I, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot. And I see a lot of, um, you know, young people and just people in the community um, trying to create these third spaces, especially during Ramadan, because a lot of people, like you said, feel isolated from the mosque. Um, Can you talk a little bit about who, even just from your experience, who came out? Like, were there like who came to the iftar, obviously black people, but were there people that like had not really been connected to the community come out Were there people that were interested in Islam? Like who did you get? Yeah. um, Thank you for asking that question. And thank you for also sharing
1: your, your memory of it too. Cause I think one thing that I saw both years that I just loved seeing was that people who hadn't seen each other in a long, 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 long time. To me, that's just like, oh, it makes me so happy. Cause like, There's a reason you haven't seen each other. And obviously, sure, if you want to keep up with your friends, you can meet up, whatever. But also, there are just kind of, like, limitations in why you don't run into a person, you know what I mean, regularly. Um, so I think that's probably my favorite experience is when it's like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in so long. Um, people who aren't Muslim come, and I appreciate that a lot. People who are interested in Islam come, and mm-hmm. I really i am trying to use black iftar as, like, an alley-oop. For them you know what i mean yeah. like all right here's yep. your lightweight you know introduction or like community space in islam here you go i'm gonna throw it right. back like you can you go ahead and dunk it now so
0: <laughs> right
1: right that's important to me um so that's why i see kind of attend um there's definitely people who aren't black who come which is cool there are people who are in interrac- interracial relationships who come which is cool and it's obviously for them too um those, yeah. those are the people who come and then. Um, I don't
0: know, mashallah. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's seriously. Yeah. Like, you know, like I said, we were in we were in uh, Morehouse and um we it was just it was just beautiful the way it was done, mashallah. I love how um and you see that in third spaces more, but I love how you were allowed. To connect, I'm trying to say this the right way, but I I love how there wasn't I don't want to say I love how it wasn't the separation between men and women. I'll be understand what I'm saying, but I hope, I love that there was an ability to really connect family wise, and there wasn't that restriction that often comes in the when it comes to the gender. So if you were with your family, you could sit with your family. You could sit with other families. If you were a couple, you know, you know what I mean. I like it was that intentional, or is that just how it happened? Then it's intentional. It's intentional okay. because I think
1: um obviously I, I respect and i adhere kind of in my own life to gender restrictions as, as right. necessary but i think one thing that in the way that it's taught is that it and I'm, i speak to like the 90s the 90s and early 2000s the way i'm thinking now i'm sure people are more open in the way that they teach it but just like it, it never really took into consideration that we live in america so like mm-hmm. this idea of like you know, don't talk to men, don't look at them, don't do nothing. I'm like, uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll do that while I'm at the masjid for one hour. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> do, like practical tools for what happens. Um, you know, once I when I go to school, you know, what I mean, when I go into the workplace, and I think we figure it out, right? You figure out ways to mm-hmm. have that balance, and and obviously you have to ch- hold value for those those teachings. Um, but I think that like one thing I found, I find always in like. It's particularly in African-American masjids, is that there's not this like fear that like saying hi to your family or being with your family is going to instantly lead you into like this haram path. I, right. all, I, see, I think African-American masjids do that the best uh, across right. any masjids that I've right. been to. I love that.
0: Right, right. I would agree with that. You're right. Where the the allowance to kind of be with your family in the masjid is, you know, it's it's a norm whereas, you know, other places not not so much. And also what I appreciate is just the allowance for dialogue. Like even I was looking at. I think it was an article on Buzzfeed, and I was looking at the picture that they captured, which is pretty a famous picture that kind of got <laughs> spread around a lot. You know, what picture I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like you and your girlfriend, y'all real sitting intimate. I'm just looking at it now. Y'all really intimate together, and you kind of leaned over, and his brothers kind of obviously he's kind of spitting fire. There's another brother across from him in the kind of back silhouette. There's two sisters talking. There's another brother side them. It's like it's cultivating this dialogue between you know, friends between male and female. And this is just what I think, when I think of this, I'm like, Paula this is what our community needs. Yeah. This is the type of healing that we need. So yeah, mashallah, that's that's extremely powerful, Samir. Um, can you give some context to the picture though? Because I think yeah. that's been spreading my mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know <laughs>
1: that, like, um, part of it again is just like, okay, what are we valuing here? We're valuing community. We're valuing people mm. together and like honoring our space for like, kind of our own like as we all walk towards like you know serving a lot like that's important and it's like I don't know I think that gets lost and it's like okay don't talk to this brother you have here's the women's face only talk with these women And it's like okay but like what if they don't really rock with me you know what I mean and that happens and it's okay when it happens but it's also like you can't really build relationships like that and and with obviously we should adhere to like Islamic principles but mm -hmm. those are all my homies um, that's, Aaliyah. Okay. that's Aaliyah. She's sitting, that's the woman who's sitting next to me. And then that's Aziz. Um, to be completely honest, he was probably saying something crazy, <laughs> he was Probably was getting ready to tell a joke or something, or, or I don't remember exactly, but it could be the chance that he was saying something so genius and telling you yeah. something, um, which by my expression, it looks like, Oh, okay. Hold on. He might be actually saying something real, Um
0: right? Right. Uh, Especially um, the way your friend is leaned over. It's like, so, Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, we did have, and I think also just like I want it to. This I want it to pay attention to what's real. Like if we know that we have these friendships, mm-hmm. let's just acknowledge that and not pretend when we get into the space that we don't know each other and that we're going to spit two words to each other and keep it moving. Because, yeah. because why do that? You know, I mean, you can't, again, you can't really build a long lasting community. Then you just kind of have this like very um, surface level relationship with the people in your community. But if it's like mm-hmm. if we're in a room and we all know each other then let's talk, you know, um, I don't know. It's just, I think, I think um, a lot of masjids aren't making room for the way that like the younger generations are kind of just how they make friends. Um, and I think that for younger generations, the masjid isn't as inviting as it was for like kind of the older generations. And that's, that's scary for me to see. I don't yeah. like necessarily hearing that or seeing that because like, it just hurts. It hurts. You know what I mean? When I see my friends, you know, that are younger than me that are just like not really rocking with the masjid. Cause I'm just like, Oh no, no, nope, <laughs> yep. yep. we need that. And it's like, okay, well here, here's the starting point. Well, let's just act, let's just be real about what our like, experiences are. We know each other. What's up? You know? Mm -hmm. and I think think for me like I was just so happy to see different people at different like stages in their life be able to talk to each other that Mm -hmm. was important for me because I'm just like okay like here's some here's just a communication that you can have with another person might just be this one night for the rest of the year but like hopefully that does something for you you know what I mean
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. And did I'm just asking, girl, um, which I'm sure it, it did happen. But did some did any marriages come out of the black? Girl, I don't
1: know, but I'm so I'm just waiting. I'm waiting because I'm like y'all, are tell me because I'm surprised. Wait for invitations. Atlanta was popping, so yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, very possible that that
0: happened. I know. Also,
1: at like, what's up? Tell me. I need to know. what's I mean, important? Because I I think it's important. Something you and I talked about is just like the ways that black Muslims get married. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we don't necessarily have kind of that such a strict kind of uh order in the way that like other communities do. You know what I mean? Where they right. pass profiles back and forth. They do a lot of the matchmaking. Like there's this deep investment right. in relationships, um, or getting right. people married. Um, so I mean, there's a little bit of that in the intention of just like, okay, here's how you meet other black Muslims so you don't have to feel like there are no black on Um, but I have, yep. I'm, I have the
0: same question. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're going to find out. Hopefully people that listen, if you know anybody that, yeah, <laughs> we, you know, it is important though, because when you talk about, um, you know, cultivating community, you know, that's, that's a huge part of it, the marriage and the family life and all of that. And there's a lot of you know healing we talk about that uh this topic a lot on the podcast there's a lot of healing that needs to happen between the black woman and the black man you know and um and just and, and when i look at this picture that that's what it, even though i know you say he might be light or whatever but that's what it speaks to me it's like that's that's healing healing that starts from dialogue and conversation you know you know get people married keep them married they have a home base they have a community they have people around them that's rooting for them like that's real so that's powerful, Samira. What you're doing? Laugh. Thank you. I'm gonna. Laugh. I'm I'm gonna, laugh. Laugh. I'm gonna laugh. But girl, I wanted to. Um, I wanted to talk about something a little bit off the topic of Black Iftar, but you know, I think it's important equally important. You know, when I, like I said, when I met you, you know, there was. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna share something. Don't get mad. Um, but you know, when I when you came in, first and foremost, <laughs> you kind of was like. You know, I don't know. You kind of was first of all you were very confident. But then you also <laughs> kind of had a thing of like I'm not here for any foolishness. Like you kind of had that with you, right? Like, you know, I'm just, you know, this is I'm I'm here, but I don't I don't want to deal with any um foolishness. And that really struck me and it wasn't in um you know, ill intent way or a way that was like, oh, she had the energy, but it just exuded confidence. And also it exuded like, you you know where you stand, you know what your values are and you're uncompromising. Um, That's what I got initially before we even got into conversation. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I think it's important um, as Muslim women, um, as women of color, um, as far as we're noted for being strong, you know, we're noted for all that strength. Um, But you know, what are some, okay, what are some ways that you actually got to that point? First of all, is my analysis correct? Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah. Again, it's just
1: especially in the space that we met? Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I didn't want, I wanted to be vague about that, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Especially when I walk into the space like that, I'm like, all right, let me do what I need to do and keep going. Because.
0: <laughs> right. Right. So what, what is it like that, a lot, you know. Is it that again? Is it the the idea that you want to make sure you're aligning with values? You want to make sure people are not ill intent. You know, I like to explain that to me a little bit. Like why you why you have that? Uh, I guess almost protection around you or that strength that exudes in certain spaces.
1: Um. I feel like it's a, taken a very long time for me to see myself as like a whole person. And, and I'm still working on that. I'm, the, I'm not even all the way there yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah, get a realization yeah. like once a month, like, oh, this is who you are. <laughs> 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 and then 28 days again, you know, it's like, oh, wait, what? You know, and but I think it's taken me a very, very long time. And I think part of that is like being around people who don't necessarily also see themselves as who they are as who they mm. fully are and 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 then also like so they can't see you as f- who you fully are so it's like you're all it's just i feel like i was just around a bunch of people who are always compromising themselves one way or another right mm. and i think um i think once i started to figure out once i started to make friends who were just like no you're the shit like we believe in you you're smart mm. you know, you, these things are true about you you don't have to keep tripping on yourself every single time like it's true about you you know and so I think believing in like who I actually am, what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are, you know, where yeah. I fall short, like, and not trying to, you know, have a blind eye to that and not trying to pretend that those parts don't exist either. And just like really being unapologetic in that presentation. And then also just yeah. realizing, okay, where where what I don't have, Allah chose those for that to be a test for me. What I do have, Allah cho- gave that as a gift for me. So it's like to kind of shortchange myself you know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's disrespecting Allah no matter what. You know what I mean? So I think, right. I think when I kind of walk into spaces, it's just like, listen, I know. You're, you're going to see that I'm a woman. You're going to see that I'm a black woman, that I'm Muslim. You're going to want me to be demure. You're going to want me to, like, be polite right. and, like, soft and, like, make room for you. But listen, I'm here. I ain't got, I ain't got time for all that. I'm here. You're on my time now.
0: <laughs> right. Yes, that's exactly, that's exactly what, what was there. What are some tips for women that are not quite there? Um, to kind of get there, though, like, Ooh, what I, are some things for women? Yeah, I don't
1: think it's clear, but what's coming to me is like, don't take life for granted. Um, okay. And I think that like when you when you shortchange yourself, and when you um, when you bend for people, and you in ways that you don't want to bend in, in ways that you want to protect other people in, you're like just you're doing a disservice to yourself. Um, for sure, I think something that helps is just like recognizing what your strengths are and recognizing what your weaknesses are. Both of those things are important. You have to know like, I mean, that's everybody has both. You know what I'm saying? Even right. though it looks like, oh, this person is just like, they got everything together. It, mm-hmm. They have weaknesses. And can they afford for other people to do those things? Sure. <laughs> and right. so your reality, maybe not right now. Inshallah, it'll get to there. But I think, again, like you have to recognize both of those because like Allah created you that way for a reason um mm. and then mm. i think just being unapologetic about it because it's like yeah. you can pretend you confront you can make room you can make you know you can appease people but it's like the more you do that you're just like you're just like my first one was just like you're coming back to like taking life for granted so it's like mm. be unapologetic in what allah has presented for you and be right. grateful for it that's just what it is so i think and then i think that's when you start to kind of attract people who are like like-minded and who are also like, okay, I see what your strengths are. Here are my strengths. I see what your weaknesses are. Here are my weaknesses. And like, you can kind of attract people from that kind of space instead of like, a, you know, oh, will you, make a, will you make appeasements for me? You know, will you um, are you going to just like hold all this space for me and I don't need to hold space for you, you know? And it's like, then you kind of find yourself in an unfulfilling space. So that's what I would say is just, just recognize it, be grateful for it, you know, and just be unapologetic about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there you go right there. That's um now that's advice that you really we really need to ponder about and think about um especially as we how we show up in spaces and um you know how we're even treated in spaces. You're right. We do often bend and make space for others and that's not always return you know what i mean like and it's almost like um through that process there's some compromising of ourselves right there's 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 that process too that doesn't feel too good at the end of it so um yeah i appreciate that samir well you know we we're kind of at the end of this girlfriend but um you know i appreciate you being so candid you being so authentic honest you know just kind of bearing it all and sharing um, with me. I know people will benefit from it. I know I personally benefited from your story. Um, I really did because I'm just like, because to be honest with you, Samir, I'm going to be, be real with you. For me, until probably I started this podcast, I was, even in the things that I did, like we met, talking about civil engagement, right? Mm-hmm. I only was okay with doing things that people would, that everybody would be like, oh, okay. That's cool. That's nice, where nobody would have a negative opinion about, right? So, like, mm-hmm. you know, I am truly passionate about children with disabilities. That's truly my passion. But it's also a very comfortable one, right? Like nobody's really gonna argue. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yes. So it's like I had to recognize that. That's why I actually started this, even though it's this is like one of my weaknesses, is actually doing podcast interviewing people. But I actually started it, started it because I was I was honestly really inspired by you because I'm like, man, she did something that she kind of knew. I mean, maybe you didn't, but I'm like, you had to know a little bit that it would be a little bit of heat. I swear to God. You know what you me? God. I even mean? Even when you had,
1: had no you didn't
0: know. I swear to God, I had no idea. You had, you had no idea?
1: <laughs> I swear to God. Well, like I had no idea. And it just is what it is. And it's like, okay, but I also know that like that happens anyway. So it's like, I didn't expect yes. it. Right. But I feel, right. I feel you. <laughs>
0: But you didn't fold though. Like when it came, when the heat came, you you didn't back out, right? I mean, you may have wanted to, but you didn't. Would you agree, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, when I saw girl, y'all know why you be humble. But when-, <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, man, like that's the journey kind of that I'm on. Like, you know, it's nice to have your passion support out in the world, but. You know, it's like you want to be unapologetic with who you truly are, right? You wanna, you want to be more in tune with with uh, with yourself. So again, Samira, I just wanted to say, like, I'm really trying to say thank you, girl, <laughs> for inspiring me. <laughs> I appreciate
1: you, Samira. So, yeah, so, uh, thank you. And you, did, I mean, you saying are your weakness, dude, you did a great job. And listen, I think a good interviewer is like, because you know, sometimes you be on podcast and it's like, hello, can you? You're doing a great. I loved it. I loved our back and forth. <laughs>
0: thank you, Samira. You're so sweet. Thank you, girl. I'm trying. But, <laughs> but again, I wanted to just thank Samira. Um, Samira, I know that, oh, I had a question. Like, it's this is like a virtual Ramadan. What's what's happening with the Black Iftar? Yeah. Iftar yeah. um, I'm
1: going to keep it 100 because it's you and your yeah. community. I am still in the works of finding and putting all those details out. And this is okay. our conversations on Saturday. Ramadan starts on Wednesday night. So uh, in Samira fashion, I'm going to procrastinate and push my way through it. Um, I definitely want to push out content and and do some virtual stars with some different speakers just to kind of keep connected, inshallah. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to work. And I think that's what's holding me back is I don't know what's going to work. So inshallah, whatever can be of the benefit to the most people of like high benefit you know, and serve Allah, yeah. I want that to be a little thing. So I'm figuring it out, yeah. inshallah.
0: <laughs> inshallah. Yeah. And it's going to, inshallah, it's going to be dope. The intention is pure. And it's, you know, it's interesting when you say you had no idea, but I'm like, that's mashallah, that's just a sign that the intention was truly pure. So inshallah, Allah, you know, Allah is going to bless it, inshallah, inshallah, we make dua for that. So uh, we look forward to um hearing about what's happening with the black iftar and the website is again, is it just black iftar.com? Yep. And then on all social media, black iftar, mm-hmm. uh, it's just at black iftar. Um, just wait. Uh, I don't know, whenever you're
1: going to hear this audience.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, right. We'll yeah. be, be closer to Ramadan and maybe even, yeah. So, okay, cool. So everybody, please, and I'll drop the details um, under the description of the podcast, but please make sure that you stay um, in tune to what's going on with the Black Iftar. And um, inshallah, we know we can't wait is one of the heartbreaks of this Ramadan, but we okay, we accept the Qadr of Allah, but that we won't have it, you know, in person at least, but we hope, hopefully we can have some connections this Ramadan with you guys, inshallah. All right, Samira. Well, thank you. This has been another episode of the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. Please continue to follow us and subscribe on all of our platforms. This has been another amazing episode with Samira from the Black Iftar. I look forward to connecting with all of you guys soon. Assalamu alaikum.